Hi, this is Pastor Rick. I'm glad you're with us today. On Demand is really my most favorite uh, tool because you can get the word of God when you want it. And so today's teaching is going to really be helpful because I'm, I'm going to talk about us. Church people, religious people, Bible toting, toting people, people who feel they know God, have heard from God and understand God. So today I want you to stay with me. It's going to be just for you and it's going to help you find your answer to a lot of the questions. Why is it so difficult to tell religious people the truth? That's right. We can be a challenge to talk to sometimes. So stay with me today. It's going to be fun. Enjoy today's word. I'll come back and pray with you at the end. Stay right there. So I want to jump right in this and I want I want to say this topic is is near to my heart because I I live this. I am a very uh, prayerful Bible reading. I mean, I'm really into this. I mean, this is my favorite food. I really am have been since I was a teenager, teenager, really committed to Jesus and committed to the word. Now, one of the things that happens to you, though, is if you're committed to the word and if you're committed to God and if you're trying to serve God, the temptation, if you're not careful, is to slide into some bad habits. And it's, it's my conviction that what happens when people who are sincere is they slide into bad habits. Seasons like this reveal that. You see what they can't stop doing. You see that they have to do certain things. They, they can't see beyond certain things. They run into themselves. That's what I call it. And I believe that a lot of religious people, a lot of sincere Bible-toting, Christian, saved, whatever label you want to use, people who are seeking to serve God can sometimes fall into, as I say, bad habits. And there are two specifically. One is they can become people who make amazing assumptions. Amazing assumptions. Because nobody ever, ever challenges their assumptions. They just make these incredible assumptions about things. And I'll talk about those in a minute. And then they can also ignore issues. And you see that a lot. You see that in our political environment. And I don't, let me just drop this in for free. This is free. I, whoever you vote for, whoever you believe in, and I'm going to talk about that coming up soon. Uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to talk about this whole idea of, of who you vote for and what the Bible says about it. And you'll, you'll find it fascinating. But let me just say this. The one thing that I think is important is you have to be honest. You have to be whatever decision you make, whichever party or group you vote for or person you vote for, make sure you're telling yourself the truth and you're seeking truth. And, and if you're not careful, you can get wrapped around a couple of Bible verses, a couple of convictions, a couple of three, four things, and you can't see past that. And I'm not picking sides here. I'm just making a point. It's really, really important that I don't become a, a religious person who can't see my issues. The Bible's full of those kind of people. I mean, full of them, all the way from the beginning. You, you, see, you see it in the prophets. You see it in Samuel's life, the prophet, the prophet Samuel. You saw it in David's life. You, see it in, you saw it in Saul's life. You see people who can't see themselves. You know, as, as brilliant as, as um, ah, Solomon, I almost forgot his name, <laughs> was, it was amazing how he couldn't see himself. He just couldn't see himself. It wasn't until after he was dead and gone that his servant said working for him was horrible. He was horrible. I talked about this a few weeks ago. It was horrible. And so I want to, if I can, see if you're horrible. I want to see, I want to see if you're the kind of person who can't see yourself at all. And I want to start with three things that I think we do. You ready? These are three 
uh, assumptions that I think that Christian believers make. You ready? Here we go. Number one, they assume that they are right all the time. That's the first thing. They assume that they're right all the time. All the time. They're never wrong. They're, they're, because they know God, they're right all the time. <laughs> Secondly, they assume that they hear from God all the time. They assume that they are the ones who absolutely, without question, hear from God. And so God told them, God tells them, and no one can question it. Thirdly, they are convinced that their view of the Bible is the only view. They have the only perspective there is. Everybody else is crazy. Everybody else has no place. Nobody, nobody has a voice but them. Their denomination, their group, their church, just them. And they are hard to talk to. You can try, but man, they're tough. And that, my friend, is the trap. It's the trap that has put a lot of people in a place where, you, you know, your family can't even talk to you. They, they hate seeing you coming with your saved self. They can't. They don't want to talk to you because what they say is, boy, you know, <laughs> you're just hard, man. I, I just have to praise God. Help me. Help me with my cousin. He's a spiritual giant. He's a spiritual giant. But yeah, but he's tough. Oh, Lord Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. But what's interesting about religious people sometimes, when you zoom in close, the lifestyle is an issue. There are issues that they have. There are things that are inconsistent in, in their life. So I'm going to give you a list. You ready? Write this down. This is the list of things that I've noticed are things that I think that we ignore. These are things that are ignored by religious people. Number one, you ready? Here we go. Lifestyle signs, traditional signs. Pride signs, vision signs, attitude signs. Now, I want you to think about that. If you zoom in on religious, on us, let me talk about us, talk about us, not just religious people, just us. There are lifestyle, there are signs that, there, there are lifestyle issues. In Matthew chapter 23, that's what Jesus is going to talk about. He's going to say, hey, you guys, if I can hold up a sign here and say, you know, you've you're got some issues. There, there are some lifestyle issues that say you're inconsistent and, and you won't face it. Secondly, he says there's traditional signs. There's some things that you can't get away from. You have one way of thinking, one way of pre- perceiving, one way, one way. Thirdly, they're pride signs. They don't know how to be wrong, too proud, can't say you're wrong just can't. Number four, vision signs. They can't see beyond themselves, beyond. And I, and I really think that's one of the things, one of the benefits, if, if there is such a thing, of the season, because you're forced to see beyond the way you've always seen things. You have to see technology differently. You have to see people differently. You have to, you have to learn how to preach differently. You can't, you can't hang on to the crowd all the time. You can't get an amen when you need one. <laughs> you know, some of you are, you like that, don't you? I know you like that, that call and response, but right now you, you can't get that. So if you're not careful, you'll drag people in the church and put their life at risk to give you a call and response. Yeah, I've watched it. 
Oh, my heart aches. I'm not saying you can't if you do it right and social distance and all that, but I've seen people not social distance. I've seen people not take the right steps. And so if you're not careful during this season, that could be a pretty profound decision. But there are traditions, and we all can fall into that, and I'll come back to it in a minute. Number five, ready? Attitude signs. They don't have the attitude of a servant. They have the attitude of a leader, person in charge. Jesus said, let the greatest among you be your servants. The greatest among you should be servant minded. They shouldn't be focused on always being in charge and dominating. And I, I really think sometimes people won't say it to you. But there are a lot of people who, who when they encounter church people, religious people, uh, they 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 feel like, man, I, I I don't know how to talk to you. A lot of medical people, doctors trying to talk to you, trying to tell you what's going on. You know, you got high blood pressure and you sitting there saying, that's the devil. The devil is a lie. Hallelujah. I'm going up yonder and, and by and by, but and the, the devil is, I'm healed by his stripes. You still, and the doctor said, listen, your blood pressure is a thousand over a thousand. Okay, I made that up. But you get the point. <laughs> I mean, oh, you know, by the way, that's dead. Thousand over a thousand. You, you're not here anymore. But you see, it, it's, you're just not reasonable. Your, your husband's trying to talk to you. He can't talk to you. You know, you, you, the devil is a lie. I bind the evil spirit. You stop all that. You know, <laughs> your kids can't talk to you. And so sometimes the problem is we don't see the signs. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees did not see the signs. Look at Matthew chapter 23. Let me show you what I mean. Matthew chapter 23. This is an amazing text of scripture. Verse 1. Uh, verse one, then Jesus said to the crowds and to the disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. And there we go. Lifestyle issues, which is the first thing I want you to see. This is another list. And I call these. These are things that the average religious person ignores. These are the issues they, and warning signs that they ignore. So first of all, they ignore lifestyle issues. The things that Jesus looked at first was the inconsistency in the Pharisees and the leadership. These, he said, they're not consistent. They say one thing. As a matter of fact, he says, don't do what they do. Do what they say. They tell you good things. They tell you to pray. They tell you to serve God. They tell you to be faithful. But their lifestyles are inconsistent. The question is, is that you? Are you really, really inconsistent? God wants to prosper you, bless you, but he can't because your lifestyle is inconsistent. Secondly, traditional issues. Look at verse four. For they, they lie heavy burdens, cumbersome loads, and put them on, the, on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. They create burdens for people. They create traditional issues that become burdens for people, and they don't really care. You know one of the things I like pointing out to folks? When you go to church, you know, you think about this for a minute. This is just a simple observation. It takes you about an hour to get ready to go to church. They're about, about an hour, Right? And then it takes you, depending on the church you go to, some churches, you know, it's an hour. Some churches, it's an hour and a half. Some churches, it's two hours, three hours, four hours long. 
So you have kids, right? And you get your kids ready. And so it's an hour. Somebody said, no, 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 Pastor Rick, it's two hours. I got to get up, got to get breakfast, got to feed everybody, get dressed, go through all the drama of getting dressed, put on your best clothes. And then you close, you, you don't wear anywhere else, by the way. And you're going to you're going to get dressed. You can go to this place called church and you're going to have a really, really good time. And, you you know, you rush out the door and then you, you know, you're tired, but you make because you're going to the house of God. And so you get there. And then when you get there, you, you have a good time. You know, you know, okay, I'm not saying I'm a pastor guy. I get it. It's, it's fun. We all enjoy each other. But then it's, hour, so it's two hours to get ready. You get there. It's two hour plus commitment. So that's four hours. And then to get back home, you know, after by the time you get out of the parking lot, you know, whatever situation you're in, if it's a busy church or big church, it's a crowd. You got 30 minutes. Depends on where you go to church. And so by the time you get back home, it's another hour, hour and a half. So you, you got four, five, five and a half hours commitment to go to a service. And so I'm not saying, as, I mean, I go, I'm a preacher guy. I go, I'm just trying to say, I need to understand that I'm, I'm putting a lot on you. And then I don't want you to come one time a week. I want you to come two, three, four times a week. I want to come revival meeting, prayer meeting, meetings, you know, volunteer. I want you to come to a lot of stuff. I want to type your whole week. I want you on Wednesday night. You come on Sunday. You got to come back on Tuesday for prayer and Wednesday night for Bible study. And then, you know, special seminar on Friday. And it's always a lot. And if you have a large church like our church where you have several services, uh, if I'm not I'm not against what we do. I just understand that we can create traditions that we need to understand the burden attached to that and what it costs people to be faithful. And, and sometimes we create cultural routines that make it hard for people to fight in the real battle of their lives because they spend all their time in our barracks or in the training center. I understand that serving God, as I said, comes with a, comes with a price. You pay a price. I get that. But you've got to move on. And I can't create a culture that takes away all of your life and all of your time. And Jesus said that that's, that's what religious people do. He said, that's what we tend to do. The Pharisees did that. They create burdens for people. And I'm not, again, be clear. I'm not saying that going to church is a burden and bad or difficult. I'm, I'm saying we need to understand what we're creating. When we, we put the calendar together and we ask people to be faithful, we need to understand what that means. So let me, let me make sure you follow me again. Number one, he said there are lifestyle issues. Number two, he said there are traditional issues. You create traditions that are issues and, and create burdens and challenges for people. Then thirdly, there are pride issues. There's some things that are just prideful. Listen to what he said in verse five. Everything they do is done for people to see. Everything is about being seen. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. It's all, all about being noticed. It's all about being identified as a spiritual person. And that's the focus. And if you're not careful, that becomes more about spiritual pride than anything. Fourthly, vision issues. <laughs> Look at verse six. For they love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplace and to be called rabbi by others. Now, I want to pause there and say this. The rest of what he's going to say is hyperbole. He's trying to exaggerate a point to make a point. He says, don't be called teacher. Don't be called rabbi. Don't be called father. In other words, don't make a title your priority. He's not saying those titles are bad as he goes on through the text. What he says basically is 
I want you to be clear that you are focused on the right vision. You have the right issue. It's not about being honored. My whole vision for my life should not be about blowing up so people can say doctor, pastor, man of God, Ricky Temple. That's not what this is about. It's not about me being identified as some great person. If you're not careful, that can become my attitude, which brings me to the next point. Attitude issues. My entire attitude is about me being focused on me. Look at verse 11. The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who, are, who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Wow. You know, I have always been floored by the principle of servant leadership. I've always been amazed that that's what God really, really likes. He likes people who, who are not into themselves. It's not just about you. It's not just about you. One more time, it's not just about you. And if, you, if, you're, not, if you're not careful when you walk in a place, you, you know, you, I'm here to show people Jesus. I'm here to show people God. I mean, you're going to really know God now because I'm in the house. And if you're not careful, that's the air you give. And it's all about that, and it's not about him. It's about you. Let the greatest among you be your servant. If you exalt yourself, you get, you get embarrassed. It's really about you understanding the power of his presence in your life. But here's, let me flip this for a second. But this is not about you acting like you're not important. This is not about acting like you somehow have no value. This is not about that. Because that, that extreme bothers me too. Oh, I, I, I didn't do it. It was all the Lord. I didn't, I didn't cook those grits. It's just the Lord, Lord put those grits together. No, you didn't. You, you put, he gave you strength to make the grits. No, I didn't raise those kids. That was just, just the Lord. The Lord raised those kids. No, you. You know, I love, I love the way when God made Adam. You know what he told him? Name the animals. Name the animals, dude. Name the animals. Till the garden. I'm, I want you to do something. He's a proud father. He wants you to, but he wants you to have the right attitude. The problem with these spiritual people is they lost their way. It's not about, it's, listen, it's not, a, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing that they were trying. It's a bad thing that they got lost. And Jesus said they became people whose lifestyles were inconsistent. They had one look in the public and another look in private. And I fight that every day. I fight that, man. I fight, I fight it because I'm going to tell you, you want to fake sometimes. Just act like you're okay. Just lie. Just lie. Just lie. I'm fine. Hallelujah. Thank God. Praise God. But inside, you want to cuss somebody. That's what you feel like. Sometimes you're intimidated. I use words on purpose. Diane doesn't know what to say sometimes. I say, I feel insecure right now. You're making me feel. <laughs> and she'll look at me like, what you talking about? I say, I just want to say what I feel. And she'll look at me and say, all right, Temple. Sometimes the truth is hard to say. It's hard to tell, tell yourself. It's hard to tell other people. Because when you come to Christ and you get saved, you're supposed to be full of the Holy Ghost and the power. And you're supposed to be strong in the Lord and all that. And you, you know what I mean? Sometimes you just want to sit and cry. You feel like you're scared. Sometimes you're going the wrong way. And you're so spiritual, nobody can tell you. You ever been in church and somebody can't sing? You know, they can't sing. They can't sing and you lie to them. Sing, girl. Sing it again. Come on. <laughs> and you know they can't sing. They can't. You're not going to have a career. That's what you need to tell them. Then you tell them. Let me get it right here. You can't. You can't. You, you, can't. you, you just feel like you, you're going to offend them. And we hide behind this offense thing. Either we are too brash and harsh to people, or we just don't tell the truth. We just ignore the real issues. You, you, you know, 
The biggest thing for me and why this sermon is so important to me is because I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be what Jesus talked about in this text. Woe be, he said. Woe be to the Pharisees. Because these guys were living right. Woe be. You're not, you're, you're, you're inconsistent. I don't want that in my life. I don't want that. I'm, I work hard and I'm praying. And I'm telling you, I'm like you. I'm like you. I'm like these guys. I have to watch it to make sure I don't slide into this. And become a person who's detached from what I say. What's happening to you? What's happening to you? One of the, one of the things you can learn in this season is how to step, take a step back and look at yourself, Pastor. Take a step back and look at yourself. Why, why, are, you, why are you saying this, but your life's over here? Where, where are you? It's time to find yourself. You're wearing yourself out. You're tired. You, you can't hardly think. Your spirit's drying up. Your, your, the, your prayer life is gone. You're not, you're not, you, don't, you, you know you're struggling. You know, the other day I, I made a point. I told my wife this. I said, I'm, I just want to come sit in here and look at you. Sit, spend all my time in the room reading the Bible and praying and doing sermons and doing stuff. I need to come and just look at you. Let's go get in the car. Let's go somewhere. When the last time you took your family someplace? We can't. We're on lockdown. We'll, we'll get in the car and roll the windows up. COVID can't come in there. Roll the windows up. Do something. Do, do something to, to act like you're alive. Oh, man. Sometimes I just, after all these years, I've been serving God all these years, praying all these years. And after all these years, I see some people still stuck in the same place, bound by the same spirits, tied down to the same weaknesses, same financial circle. Time to get free from that. It's time to break free from that. It's time to say, I need a new, I need a new beginning. I need to reset myself. I got a series coming on that. It's, it's resetting your life. It's, it's building something new, putting new wine in new wineskins. It's time to break free. I think you have to get sick and tired of being sick and tired, tired of fussing, tired of fighting, tired of arguing, tired of cussing, tired of bills being late, tired of the house being a mess. Look around. It's a mess. Tired of that. You got to get tired and say, look now. And so Jesus goes to them and said, listen, you need to be tired of this. But what was interesting was they were not tired. They gotten used to it. They gotten used to two lives. They gotten used to lying to themselves and they gotten used to lying to people. Lord, help us. You know the great revelation during this season? You know what I tell people when they tell me they got these great political concerns. They got all these concerns about people and, and they tell me and I said, you know what I tell them? Now you know. Now you know. You want to know why God... God's not doing certain things in certain people's lives. Now, you know. And if you live long enough, I'm 62 years old. If you live long enough, you'll see why they broke. If you live long enough, you'll see why their church won't grow. If you live long enough, you'll see why they are always failing a class. If you live long enough, if you had, that's what the advantage of your kids coming home to you during a certain season so you can be around your kids is you can see what the teacher's face saying all along. You now know. Now you know why they get bad grades. Now you know why the teacher sends them to the office. Now you know why they got suspended because you want to suspend your own child in your own house. 
You so sick and tired of him not listening. You told that boy to do that work and he didn't do it. Now you're with the teacher. Now you can understand. You won't go down there and, and, and cuss out the teacher anymore because you know now yourself. You know now. You know why your college kids didn't do well because they don't study. They're not back at your house. They have to, now you have to see that they're still watching TV all night. You're spending your money to send them to college and they're watching television all night, partying all day. Now you know. That's the benefit. And every now and then, that's what you want. You want to know. And once you know, you can change. You know what? I know. Not just some things about other people. I know some things about me. I know some things about me that made me change. See myself. Maybe it's time for you to see yourself. I got to pray for you. Let me stop. Let me just pray for you. Father, thank you for this minute, for these minutes. Help us to look at ourselves. Help us to see ourselves. Now we know. We know things we didn't know about Christians. We know things about church people. We learn things about religious people. We've learned things about ourselves. And I pray, God, that you let this be a breakthrough moment for us where we would say, God, your word, your will be done. I pray, God, that you'd help us to see how easy it is to get lost, how easy it is to lose our way, how easy it is to, to be a hypocrite, to be a phony, to not be real, how easy it is to live in depression and frustration, how easy it is to live in a broke state, how easy it is to live in a, a house that's a mess, how easy it is to live in a condition that's unwise, to live in strife in our marriage, how easy it is to be in strife with our children, how easy it is to just accept this. But, oh, God, I pray we would break free from this during this season. Break us free from the things that kept us bound. Bad habits, bad eating habits, bad thinking habits. Too much TV, too much of stuff that's just toxic and too much news, too much drowning in all the bad news. Father, you didn't call us to drown in anybody's name, drown in anybody else's weaknesses and just sit around and talk about it all the time. Father, it's time for us to rise up and think about ourselves because that's what my mind is. How can I make Ricky better? What can I do to make Ricky smarter? And so God help us today in Jesus name. Amen. Man, I hope you heard me today. I hope you're listening today. I hope you're opening your heart today and let God do something in you that's different. It's time for us to wake up and rise up. Hey, listen, I want to pray for you if you're here and you heard me today. Some of you, you said, man, you know, Pastor Rick, I realize that my, my life, my life has been off kilter. And I, I want to give my life to Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those who, who would say, I need God in my life. I need the Lord today. And I surrender my life right now. I'm not perfect. I'm not going to be perfect. But I want you to come into my life. Some of us have been religious all of our life, but we never really gave our life to you. Let this be a life-changing moment in the name above all names. Amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer with me, let me tell you what you do. On some of your devices that you're watching, there is a raise your hand option where you can push the button, raise your hand and say, hey, I'm giving my life to Christ. I pray with Pastor Ricky Temple. I want to give my life to Christ. For some of you, there is no hand lifting option. You can simply send in. You can simply right there in the chat. If you're watching us on a chat option right now, you can simply say when you raise your raise your hand, just put, push the raise the hand in the chat or type raise. I raise my hand. 
Just type it in there. I raise my hand. And that can, that's your way of saying, I am, I am praying this prayer, rededicating, committing my life to God in a new way. Just raise your hand. That's all you got to do. And then lastly, some of you say, well, Pastor Rick, you know, I really have enjoyed today. And what I want to do is I want to hang around you. I want to hang around this church a little bit. And I want to be a part of this family. And if you do, we've got this new thing called family and friends. I'm telling you, members and friends, I'm sorry, let me get it right. <laughs> it is about family, by the way, but it's members and friends. And I'm really excited about it because what we're doing is we're reaching out to everybody that wants to be a member and a friend. And uh, there are so many people that are interested and so excited about being a part. Now, I have reached out to everybody that's asked so far, I believe. Now, there are some of you that may be on my list and I haven't quite got to you, but I think I got to everybody. If I haven't gotten to you yet and it's been a week, you simply send me another email and said, hey, uh, you didn't get to me. I'd be glad to get to you. We're going to we're going to have options for you where we can get together as a group or get together individually. It's going to be really great. Uh, members and friends, I've already responded to quite a few of you, and I look forward to hearing back from you. Some of you said some great things, your great testimonies, um, so great, all over the country, from California to Texas to Alabama and Ohio, all over the place. I love it. I love it, and I thank you for connecting with us from all over. Uh, membership can be now across state lines because people are no longer just in one place. We're all watching from home, many of us. So thank you for being with us today. If you're interested in this, um, um, I get it right here, members and friends, just send me an email, pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. That's pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. Email me and tell me I want to be a friend. I want to be a member. Member means what it says. I want to be a member of the church. I want, to, I want you to be my pastor. Friend said I want to be, I want to hang around. I want to hang around for a while. I want to be just a, a, a close friend. And there's so many that have done that. And in the Atlanta area, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, all over the place. So thank you. God bless you all. Thank you for being with us today. And I want to say this to you. You stay encouraged. You stay focused. Don't you dare give up. And don't you lose hope today. Your God is able. And lastly, let me say thank you for all of you who support the church. Some of you help us. God bless you if you missed us earlier. Thank you for your support. I appreciate you joining in with us and helping us do what we do because it allows us to touch so many lives. You have a great day. I'll see you next time with me right here, Pastor Rick. And let me say this next week. Don't miss this now. I want to talk about four things that make it hard for leaders. Four things that religious leaders do that make it hard to tell them the truth. Four things for leaders specifically. Jesus jumps into a conversation about leadership that is really unique and special. And then I'm going to give leaders some tips to help them. And then we're going to jump into another series right after that on what the Bible says about voting and politics. Now, I'm going to take this on and, and I want you to follow me. I'm going to take this on. I'm going to give a sample next week at the end of the sermon. But I want to say to you, I am ready to talk about voting and politics. This has been a mess and it's been difficult to be silent. And you say, what you going to do? You going to pick sides? No, but I'm going to give you some perimeters. I'm going to give you some perimeters for you to think about. I'm going to give you some some guidelines. And I, there's a book I want you to get. And I'm going to tell you about that book. It's by Tony Evans. And it's, it's called it's, it's on voting. And I want you to get this book. It's, it's, it's called How Christians Should Vote, and I want you to read it with me. And, and, and there's an interesting swing that I'm going to put into this that's going to be really be great. So get the book, 
Get ready for me. I got some things I want to say to you and we're going to have some fun because we're going to get into the word of God and dive in. So I'll see you next time. You have a great day and you be blessed. Remember, stay strong, stay sharp. See you next time. Bye bye.